It's 11 minutes before 9 p.m. Megan Lessing is my guest, and uh, she's the media advocacy officer at SWET, which is the Sex Workers Education and Advocacy Task Force. Now, Megan, uh, you've committed yourselves uh, this year as SWET and uh, all those who celebrate the International Sex Workers' Rights Day uh -huh. uh, to uh, highlight some of the barriers to accessing justice and healthcare uh, that many sex workers face, uh, but also to highlight uh, the important labor rights that they're denied of. Yes. Um, so we kind of look at, you know, if you if you look at the, the CGE report and you see how they link, you know, those rights in the, the, the relevant chapters or sections of the Constitution, you know, free, um, uh, free trade, um, labor rights, um, bodily autonomy. You know, we look at all of those rights and the basis of their report is that within this criminalized industry, um, sex workers get... Um, they get violated across all these sections of these rights. And a lot of our, our research now is focused very much on, you know, it's, it's one thing for us to, to keep saying to people, and I, I feel like Ukraine is not really only a government um, issue. It's also about getting the public involved. So a lot of our research now is looking at what does Ukraine in this country look like? You know, um, a lot of South Africans and everyday people have a very moralistic view of looking at sex work and, you know, when sex workers do their slogan to say sex work is work, it, it sounds like, you know, it's just another thing that people are saying. But we, we focus much of our research to show, you know, um, now, and we hope to publish later this year, what, what we mean when we say what victim would look like. Because then uh, we wouldn't be, you know, reactive to such sexism. Mm. Uh, just one section of it, because there's a lot what, that we want, but we also accept the responsibilities that come with. Because if you work, you need to pay tax. And sure, if you expect sure. the government to recognize the work that you do as work, you accept the responsibilities that come with that. Mm -hmm. So when we look mm -hmm. at, you know, the kind of barriers that, that sex workers face in terms of access to justice, we actually, by the end of last year, we kind of looked at, Cases. And we try to sit down, especially, you know, when we were close and look at the downtime of cases. And we, you know, try to, to, to connect with people, you know, from um, the, the court system. But then for us, we realized that the sex workers that get murdered and get killed and get violated, get raped, their cases don't move far into the, mm. they never leave the police section. You know, so we don't even have the opportunity to offer court support or to show people this is what happened in a court case because most cases don't make it to court. So, so they never prosecuted, that's what you're suggesting? Never prosecuted. Mm. When we tried to do follow-ups, I remember one day we literally all sit and do follow-ups, phone, phone in police stations, mm. case numbers, and this is basically how this conversation would go. I'm looking for sergeant so-and-so. What is the case number? You give the case numbers back. No, the sergeant will phone you back at so-and-so time. You phone back at that time. And then, no, actually this case was moved to that person. I remember one mm. case of a sex worker that died in 2018, Ayanda Dengen. She was actually a board member of Swiss um, at the time when she died. Is that she, she was stabbed in 2018. When we did the same report and tried to follow up in 2019, the response that we got from the Greenpoint police station was that, oh, they just sent the knife in for the forensic um, testing. And it was strange a year later. Now mm -hmm. when we try to do a follow-up on that same case, it's almost impossible to find someone because 
so-and-so has left the station is no longer here. We're going to try to find out who's the, uh, the mm. person in charge of this case. It is tiresome. So the, the, the barriers we found is really not barriers. It's just that we don't even get an opportunity to really be part of the, the, the sure, justice sure. system, you know? So, when it comes yeah. to healthcare and healthcare? In terms of healthcare, you know, it's also you can really just refer back to the CGE report. And that's a very important report for us because it's a government institution report. You know, they have really no safety. Um, they have done a lot of um, research into the, you know, the, 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 the services that sex workers seek. You know, and what becomes, because when, when, when you don't have the medical aid and the things, you know, you access... Um, healthcare at a clinic level. Mm-hmm. And once you become known in your area as a sex worker, um, the kind of violations that happen there is vast. The idea when you go and you say, oh, I need condoms, you know, just basic mm-hmm. things, you know, it's, um, we've looked at the things that happen like forced HIV testing. Some sex workers sure. report that they get HIV tested almost six, seven times a year, even mm-hmm. when they go to the clinic for something different. Um, so, the, the violation, and it's very subtle because, you know, when you are in a position of power, when you are sex worker and you walk, walk into these institutions, it's difficult to make your, your voice heard. You mm. have fear of being outed in a way. You, um, <laughs> you fear this, you know, you don't want to cause trouble. But we get these cases a lot. And, you know, some of the recourse we've looked at, I mean, we've done, I don't know how many sensitization trainings with police sensitization trainings with healthcare workers, but it keeps happening and it keeps happening. And mm-hmm. I feel like it becomes, it almost becomes state sanctioned violations sure, because people sure. understand that it's a criminalized industry, you know. And um, so, yeah, so I feel like the, the, the government has a stick in those kind of violations mm-hmm. after a while because they, yeah. yeah. Then the other dimension, Megan, is, is around labor rights. Um, and I think that the two elements we've just discussed, um, barriers in accessing justice and healthcare, uh, are certainly areas that uh, many of our listeners would be familiar with on the back of uh, the strength of the work that you guys have done uh, over many years uh, with uh, some of your partners in the space. But let's talk about the one around labor rights. Um, what are some of the issues there? And uh, what do you envisage, I guess, would be brought about by decriminalization? Uh, in terms of uh, sex workers being able to claim some of the labor rights that are due to them? Well, in terms of, uh, I feel like the, you know, the call for decrim sort of highlighted um, during the pandemic because the labor aspects of it was exposed completely. In terms of, because there's different ways of sex work, you know, there is brothel-based sex work, there is street-based sex work, there are online sex work. But almost all levels, except for the online version of sex work, was affected immensely by the pandemic. You know, um, you realize then that even sex workers who work in brothels really work without no rights because they cannot claim any kind of benefits if that brothel closed or um, parlor or whatever kind of, you know, facility it was. You have no right to claim um, there's no unemployment fund. And so this is how the pandemic exposed the the you know the the labor gap you know because for for the violations that happen to sex basic worker you know it's, it's always been accepted as the most dangerous way of doing sex work but then you also realize how many sex workers were then forced 
to move from brothels to street base because there's mm. really no other way to make money for those who can, who have the resources and access to, you know, internet and those kind of things. They migrated to 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 online sex work, but it literally sure. it 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 put such a you know it just scrambled the the the, the labor, the way that sex workers work. So this is mm. what we said, and then we got the government, and they the only response is yes, now they said. So um, the, those are the things when we talk about labor rights. There are no rights, no. There is nothing that you can go with. So when we do, you know, um, uh, justice, access to justice in terms of labor rights, we are looking at highlighting some cases in terms of mm. Uh, how you are mistreated because the constitution really doesn't care if an industry is criminalized, you know. But my, my rights are still my rights. I have rights. Sure, sure. Yeah. So we, we are looking into highlighting those cases, but really we are also tired of of trying to, because people don't live in a constitution, you know, there's actual lived realities that happen mm. on the street. And, and if the government can um, stick to their promises and start to look at decriminalization of sex work, then we can take the research that we've done and say, this is how the sex work industry, I mean, people look at OnlyFans now, at some point we, we hope that we will move past this pandemic, but mm. if this government is really so focused on how this, how there's money to be made, they can really just look at um, countries like New Zealand and see how, how sex workers sure, are being checked sure. there. So there's an opportunity for government if money is really the only interest to make money. So, um, yeah, so we're really just tired of, of talking about rights within a criminalized industry because it's not working. Mm. You know, the laws but, that, that legislate and govern sex yeah. work around labor is so vague. It literally means that anybody who, who lives of or, or benefits from the proceeds from sex work is a criminal. And that's basically everyone, because once my money moves into pick and pay or spa, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that is how messed up that yeah. So Megan, we are all criminals in South Africa, basically. Indeed, indeed. Yes. Megan, we'll have to leave it there. And uh, it's quite unfortunate that we have run out of time. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, I guess, uh, for okay. uh, playing your contribution and conscientizing all of us uh, around uh, this important matter. And uh, I certainly wish you all of the best in your work. And uh, uh, today, of course, as we continue to commemorate International uh, Sex Workers' Rights Day. Megan Lessing is the Media Advocacy Officer at SWET. And uh, thank you very much for your time, Megan. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. 9 p.m. is the time. And